You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Katie. Welcome back to Queen's Podcast. Hello, hello, how, hello. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Um, I am super excited about this week's episode. This um, is part one of a multi-part series. Um, this is going to be our last quarantine queen. We've been doing, you know, the series about women that suffered years mm. of isolation and we started that when we thought that um, COVID-19 quarantine was going to be like only a month long or two weeks or something like that. We're like, this will be cute. Yeah. Um, but it's just our lives now. So we have to like just, <laughs> this will be the last we have to one. Move on eventually. <laughs> this will be yeah. our last one, but she's a doozy. You guys have been requesting her for a long time. It is Joanna the First of Castile, or as we're going to call her. Juana of Castile. Yeah, she had she had another nasty name um, that we'll get into. Yeah, she goes down in history <laughs> by a name that we do not co-sign on, so we are going to call her Juana of Castile. And yeah, so Nathan, tell us about what we're drinking. Well, the name that we are not co-signing for her would be Juana de Loca. So I decided to make it a little more fun. Um, and so I was like, you know what? We're going to channel Ricky Martin on this, and we're going to do La Vida Loca, Living which La is Vida a cocktail Loca. that I found online. Lips like devil rain, skin with color of mocha. Color mocha. Or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long time since I've heard that song. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Ricky Martin. Huh. May he rest in peace. He's not dead. Um, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, his career is. Um <laughs> No, he was on that Versace show a couple years ago. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm just being, I'm just being a bitch. Um, so this, me, never. Um, so this, this recipe is 1.5 ounces of Capel Pisco, 0.5 ounces of Del Maguey Vida Mezcal. So just Mezcal. Mm-hmm. Um, cucumber Shrub three quarters of an ounce of cucumber shrub, which I was like, what the fuck is a cucumber shrub? <laughs> I was thinking it was like, the, you know, um, the cucumber forgot to shave for the last couple months because it's been quarantined. So it's a little bushy down there. No, it's the whole process. Um, you have to like blend up the cucumber with like vinegar and sugar. And then you like strain it. And that's basically what you use. So if you're bougie and you want to do that, do it. 
if you're feeling a little like you're lazy, just blend up some cucumber and some stevia. But I would recommend trying at least to do it this way because it does give it a little bit of a better. Oh, you cheated? <laughs> yeah, I cheated. I did not. <laughs> So uh, also do three quarters of an ounce of lime juice and then a quarter of an ounce of simple syrup. Um, but that's that's our drink for today, which is La Vida, La Vida Loca. Yeah, I had to um, do some alterations to it. Like I said, like when I looked up what cucumber shrub was, I was like, oh, I was not prepared for that. So I just uh, I just popped some cucumber into the blender (laughs) that was really at first the only thing I altered but then I tried it and I was like whoo I need to talk about history for an hour I don't need to be getting this fucked up so I added um a little bit of club soda to it but yeah that's always any anytime a recipe may have too much liquor in it always at the bar I mean you're you're probably not going to the bar right now (laughs) But whenever you're at the bar, um, just ask for a little bit of club soda in it if it's a little too strong for you. Yeah. Uh, and just ask for a little bit of that. And then it kind of waters it down yeah. a little bit and makes it less, I mean, a little more palatable and kind of like a seltzer water. All right. So how do you, um, how do you like it, seltzer. Nathan? Um, mes- mescal uh, is not strong. my favorite. I don't like mescal. So it's not my favorite. Yeah. Mescal is definitely that tequila flavor and it's a lot stronger so if you're, if you're not a fan of tequila, I would definitely stray away from this. If you absolutely love tequila and you've never tried mezcal, do it. Yeah. Um, get yourself a good bottle and you can even substitute it in your margaritas. And it's, it has the same sort of flavor to it. It's just a little bit sweeter. It has a little bit more of a full-bodied flavor. Um, so there you go. Okay. Mezcal, cool. ladies and gentlemen. So let's get into it. So our girl, Juana, she was born November 6th, 1479. So she. So if you're an astrological person, she's a Scorpio and that's pretty fitting. Yeah. She's very, <laughs> she's, she's got opinions. It's yeah. always refreshing when we actually know the date of birth of one of our queens. I know, right? It's so cool. So her parents were the widely famous Isabel of Castile and Ferdinand of Aragon. So we have a whole another two-parter on Isabella. So we definitely suggest going back, maybe listening to a little bit of that, if you're not really familiar with the whole story. <clears throat> so without going into too, too much about it, all you really need to know is that her parents were basically the power couple of fucking Europe. It's absolutely like, true. Legit. Her mom and dad were both rulers of countries <laughs> in what today is like modern day Spain. And when they got together and then they conquered these other territories, um, basically it united Spain for the first time in that way. And then they kicked Mm -hmm. out all the non-Christians, which was like not super cool, like in modern day eyes. But at the time the Pope was like, had a total fucking boner for Isabella and Ferdinand. And he called them, I'm at the pub. I have a bone. I have a bone for Spain. Um, and he called he called them the Catholic monarchs, which was like for pious people. That was a big fucking deal. And then, her well, mom, yeah, he's basically saying they're the Catholic king and they queen. Are the that most is Catholic. huge. Yeah. <laughs> we're the most Catholic of the Catholics. So they were pretty excited about that. And then her mom funded this little trip with this guy to go to America. Like, maybe you've heard of Christopher Columbus. Um, so, yeah. She, Juana is born into a very important family. 
Yeah, that's that's a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> She's got some big shoes to fill. Yes. Her upbringing <laughs> was actually pretty happy, though. Her family was oddly tight-knit for a royal family. Because, um, you know, they yeah. used, to, used to be pretty common. You'd send your kids, like off to get their education or to be raised by like basically tutors and stuff. And the parents go off and do their own thing. But no, this family was always together. Yeah. Yeah. They never really did that. She had one older sister, one older brother, and then two younger sisters. And then they pretty much stayed together the entire fucking time. Like if mom and daddy went to conquer a land and kick out the king, Kids were coming on. Come on, pack your shit up. Let's go. Yeah, put it in the van. Let's drive on. What we're getting at is very formidable parents and great role models for her daughters, um, Isabella was. Their education, Isabella would have taken this very fucking seriously, um, including her daughters. Because if you listen to our Catherine of Aragon episodes, you're pretty familiar with this. Um, Isabella herself was denied a really good education at a young age. And then she had to do a lot of catching up whenever she got older. So she really didn't want that for her daughters. Um, So when Juana was seven, her children's education started like for real. I mean, her education started for real. She would have like spoke about six different languages. Um, uh, Religious studies would have been a big part of this. um, There were three languages of like the like modern day Spain. So she spoke those, but then on top of that, like she was like a whiz kid with Latin, like all her, all of her um, teachers were like, this chick just gets Latin, which it, like, she just was really, it was, it was a knack of hers. Like in my yeah. research, that's what I found. Like her teachers were most impressed with was like, she got Latin. She's good at it. <laughs> so so a lot of her education really would have been focused on on how to be um, a diplomatic wife you know she had an older sister and she had an older brother so she wasn't being trained like um taught how to be a future ruler but it was more like but you still got to know you know who's the ambassador to wherever what are like yeah basic customs of like the people yeah and she was expected to be an important wife quick reminder uh for people that haven't heard the episodes like with isabella of castile like that whole line they would allow female rulers and it wasn't like oh my god there's a woman ruling no it was like no this is fine and so that's why you know juana's older sister was in line for the throne before her yeah so it was like so she had the opportunity juana did to inherit the throne but she had two people ahead of her yeah well her brother came first obviously because bag of dicks and then and then uh, and like in any of her brother's kids and then her older sister would have been before her as well. exactly like so but it's still like women can inherit the throne. and yeah in castile mm-hmm. so a little about juana um among her sisters she was said to be the prettiest from the descriptions it sounds like her and catherine of aragon did look a lot alike you know with the pale skin and the strawberry blonde hair and like kind of petite right. and light eyes um, so for somebody who's like main commodity is to be an important wife, that's, it's pretty lucky, you know, that she's also pretty, yeah, you she, know, yeah, she real purdy other than being purdy, um, Juana was a little bit uh, dramatic, difficult, 
Yeah. Um, it's said that from a young age, she was prone to temper tantrums, which, I mean, all kids fucking have temper tantrums, but this had to have been more than your average temper yeah, tantrum. Yeah, for it to be they, like, noted. wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah. So... Her relationship with her mother really wasn't the greatest. Unlike the rest of Isabella's kids, Juana seemed like a little bit indifferent to her religious studies. Mm-hmm. And, and for being the Catholic fucking monarch. It's problematic um, to have a child that's just like, kind of like, eh, Jesus, I can take him or leave him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be not maybe a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how the how real the following is but there is a legend that isabella would subject juana to this type of torture called la cuerda this is a medieval bullshit is what this is yeah when like so if if juana like wanted to argue with her mom about religion her mom would be nah la cuerda we're we're doing it and this is where uh she would be suspended from the ceiling with rope and have weights tied to her ankle yeah like what and the then fuck? I guess they just pray at so, her or whatever. This comes oh from one of Ferdinand's dudes, like one of the like guys that worked in his household, like wrote a letter to one of his friends or something, being like, "Check out this crazy shit what that I goes do? on." Like, oh my god! So, but, and so they literally did it. <laughs> but I think some people are kind of like, oh, "Okay, is this? Did this really happen?" Because it's just from this one source said that she did this. Because it does seem. Oh. A little extreme, but we are all. But, but I mean, if she did it, I mean, it's if they did it to her, then obviously this is like Ferdinand and Isabella are practicing what they preach. Yeah, because they are the people of the Spanish. Yeah, the Inquisition. Yeah, they are the Spanish Inquisition. They are the people of the Spanish Inquisition. So I don't know. I don't know if I 100% believe that, or but it definitely might manifest itself later in her personality. Yeah, it's a fun story, guys. Fun? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> that might have, like, kind of fed the rumors that she was difficult. Um, when she was little, she was prone to these bouts of melancholy. And she would be, like, really reserved. And I I don't know. Maybe she was afraid of, like, being hung up from the ceiling or something like that. So yeah. she made herself yeah. scarce. Yeah. But, like, from a young age, she did kind of have a reputation of, like, all right, like, ugh, you're, like, not the easiest of their children to deal with. (laughs) So, in 1490, when Juana was only 11 years old, her older sister Isabella was married to a prince of Portugal. And, OMG, this is, like, such a big fucking deal. It was. So, well, like, also, if you remember from the Isabella episode, how it's basically, like, the kings and queens of Portugal just like constantly marry the kings and queen, the royal family of Portugal and of Castile and Aragon, like just intertwine all the time. It was just like so important to keep that um, that friendship, you know, that Al, the, their neighbors, their neighbors, their neighbors, and they want to make sure they're always cool with each other. So it was like, yay, another yeah. peaceful marriage between Spain and Portugal. We're not going to go to war because of this marriage. So it was a big deal. Yeah, so there were parties thrown. DJ Khaled was there with his foghorns. Beer, beer. And they. Another one. 
<laughs> so that I mean, the fuss that was being made over Isabella was amazing. There's these new gowns, feasting again. DJ Khaled with his foghorn. Yes, yes, yes. So Isabella was the toast of both fucking countries. Yeah. And I'm just imagining being like 11 years old and being like, "Oh my god, I cannot wait, you guys! I can't wait for my Holy turn." Because like. Yeah, right. It's probably scary at 11. You know, you're eventually going to be married off for an alliance, basically. But Mm -hmm. to see it be like such a positive light put on it, it probably made it a little less scary for her. Agreed. And Wanda and all her sisters would have been made very aware from a super young age that, you know, you're eventually going to be sent off to make this sort of advantageous marriage um, because you're. You've been educated. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, they had literally been educated to be a diplomatic wife. Now here's your chance. Spread your wings and fly, baby girl. But so like now maybe I I think that um, her older sister's wedding being such uh, a big deal probably eased her own anxieties. Because like we said, she's like not like an easy personality person like she probably was freaked out at the idea and so this made her go okay well if my sister is basically like the kate middleton of spain and portugal i like that yeah maybe uh it'll be a good thing for me too yeah it said that when is it so juana's juana's like pippa yes juana (laughs) is pippa And Pippa got some great PR, so it's cool. It said whenever Isabella actually went to depart Spain and go to Portugal to like be the wife, um, Mama Isabella, like wept, and it was such like the whole family was just like crying and weeping and hugging and being like bye. Um, and this is noteworthy because one. Isabella worked very hard to make sure that she had like this hard exterior. She's a oh, she was a she was a hard bitch. Yeah, and so she's letting like, she that was... down. And then also, it just shows how it's just so nice to hear of a royal family that was so tight knit like that. You know? Yeah, they loved each other. Yeah. They genuinely loved each other. She got a little bit of an empty nest syndrome and got a little you yeah, know, the clem. I know. So it's kind of sweet to think <laughs> of this so very cute. formidable woman as like actually. Oh no, she's loves her children very much. She has a heart. Yes. So sadly, Sister Isabella was back in Spain about a year later because her husband died. So the family was all back together, but it just was a lot more solemn. Sister Isabella <laughs> was like, she was real extra with her depression of the death of her husband. Like she was like saying that she was going to become a nun and like... She would never have been allowed to become a nun. Like, she was way too much of an important, like, bargaining chip, like, to make alliances. But Ferdinand and Mama Isabella were both just very much, like, just let her go through it. Like, they let her grieve her grief. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, and by grieving her grief, what we mean is that she would fucking starve herself mm -hmm. um, and then subject herself to these painful penances, like... um, whipping herself or wearing um those hair yeah. shirts i think we talked about yeah. those she got i mean she got it from her she got it from a mama because like wouldn't queen <laughs> isabella would starve herself and shit too all the time like it was 
Where's she get anorexia from? Got it from, she my get it from her mama. I'm pretty sure Ooh. we talk about Catherine of Aragon in her episodes as well. Doing the, doing same, the thing. same thing. So, um, and I even think we talked about them wearing hair yeah. shirts too. Um, like that was another thing. If, if anyway. you're not in the know, this uh, I don't because I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Lana um, of Castile is Catherine of Aragon's older sister. So yes, but anyway, so um, well, yeah, no, but no, no one ever called Isabella crazy for doing all this because it was in the name religion um so we might have some double standards later down the line but, but yeah surprise surprise Other than that but life must go on and isabella and ferdinand get to work planning marriages for the rest of their children and so you know the next in line is uh juana's older brother um whose name is juan because not super creative with the names and so they were like okay they want to make an alliance with the Holy Roman Emperor, who is this dude named Maximilian. And Maximilian has one son and one daughter that he needs spouses for. And Isabella and Ferdinand are like, well, we have one son and one daughter <laughs> that we need spouses for. What a quinky Look at this. So they start do they start like negotiations and talks with the Holy Roman Emperor about basically like a double marriage because as is the norm in Europe throughout history, they want to fuck over France. <laughs> Everybody wants to fuck over France, and it's fabulous. The, Even if you're the Holy Roman fuck over Emperor, other people, so they align with France. France has just kind of got hands in everyone's baskets, I guess. Um, France has got hands in everyone's pants. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this could have gone a lot worse for Juana. Well, I guess that's. A controversial topic but on paper it could have gone worse for Juana because initially the home the holy roman emperor was like i need a wife why don't you marry one of your daughters Ooh. to me um but isabella uh was really cool that she never married any of her daughters off to old men which was not the case for a lot of princesses in the world like Isabella like didn't even entertain the idea. As problematic as Isabella was at a few times, uh, this was definitely one area where I'm in her corner. Thank you for not marrying your daughter. Well, off I mean, at like 12. Isabella arranged her own first marriage, which is like one of the only queens we've ever talked about to do that. You know, so she also she mm -hmm. just didn't. I just, my opinion is she just didn't want to subject. She wanted all of her children to enjoy being married so they'd make lots and lots of babies. And yeah, so when the Holy Roman, like when the Holy Roman Emperor was like, maybe you can marry me, Isabella's like, no. eh, we're going to politely decline. <laughs> that, but we will take your son. So Yay! in 1496, uh, Juana was betrothed to this dude named Philip of Burgundy. And her brother Juan was betrothed to his sister Margaret of Austria, and yeah, so both of both of these people were thought to be really good matches for their kids. No, yeah, they did good. Right? They did good. These were good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Philip is only two years older than Juana, so sixteen. She's sixteen. He's eighteen, and he's like already the Duke of Burgundy, which is a huge fucking deal. And he's known throughout Europe as, quote unquote, 
fill up the hands up. Which, um, okay. Like, I'm yeah. looking at some pictures of, and I mean, you know, you have to take old, ye old portraits at, with a grain of salt because no one actually looks like this. But I definitely don't look at these pictures and go, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got that pilgrim haircut with a really long nose and a and that fucking chin. The Habsburgs, yeah. Um, so yeah. So yep. So. I some people also say though that it was actually Philip the Fair because he had light skin and light eyes and light hair. Oh, okay, so that, and so maybe so it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a dig. It's like no, he really wasn't handsome. He he was just fair. But Juana <laughs> was definitely told that he was hot and that he went i also feel like because he has also gone down in history as like a bit of a womanizer spoiler he must have been very charismatic as well mm-hmm. um so so Juana's is being told okay you're gonna marry this dude and you're gonna go live in burgundy which at the time was like this giant land holding like it like like the netherlands parts of modern day france like oh, yeah. it was just it was huge it was huge 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 and um and she's like okay so one i get to break away from my overbearing mother that i might not necessarily have the best relationship with um bonus two i get to marry this fucking hottie and like kind of have my own life like wanna was yeah. stoked and again, we have pictures of him in the show notes. Hottie's not the word I would use, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so... Uh, great. <laughs> this was a marriage down for Juana, because there was no guarantee that Philip would definitely become the Holy Roman Emperor. You know, just because his dad's the Holy Roman Emperor... It, yeah, it's not gonna I be believe the Holy, Holy Roman Emperor. Emperor is an elected position. I don't fully understand. Yeah, like I've said before, the Holy Roman Empire is a state of mind that I do not understand. So yeah, he might never become that. So she might only she ever... She might never be like a duchess. She'll, well, she's definitely a duchess. duchess. Once they get married, she's an archduchess. Um, and she'll be that for the rest of her life. But all, like her sister is marrying the king married the king of portugal so she's gonna be a queen and her other sister's marrying the prince of england so she's gonna be a queen of england so she's the only sister that's not definitely gonna be a queen i mean there was a chance like a sliver of hope that she might maybe one day be empress and they really needed an ally against france so it really made a lot of sense and burgundy was so fucking rich they may as well been kings you know like it was it was a good marriage it was a good match and he was yeah Wanda didn't seem to let's do it and Wanda didn't seem to Wanda didn't seem to care if she was stepping down on this either like she was cool with that um but so in 1495 they had a proxy marriage um she and her brother had a double proxy wedding it's like a double dating (laughs) session getting fucking married with your Um, and the wedding contracts at that point were made Um, since they were basically just like swapping daughters they decided that neither Juana nor Margaret the bride for Juana would have a doubt yeah so this this was a mistake which we'll get to later but it made sense at the time because like Spain is like 
Because usually, like, you give a dowry for your daughter that's going over to marry a foreign um, royal, and it, one, makes the alliance more attractive, but two, it's so that your daughter isn't a financial burden in her new country. And um, mm. so since they were like, well, since we're just swapping daughters, there shouldn't be any financial burden. It should all equal out. This basically was both countries giving each other good faith. Like um, basically mm-hmm. Spain was being like, we're not going to give you a dowry for Juana since we're taking your daughter, but we're going to assume you're going to give her money. Right. And mm-hmm. so that was maybe a dumb assumption on their part. They they had, they had good faith, but it makes sense on paper. It absolutely makes sense. Yeah, it totally it makes sense because you're just swapping daughters. They're the same amount of money that it would take. But since they didn't but put anything anyway. in writing that, but you're still going to provide for her, even if we don't send her with a dowry, right? Since they didn't put anything like that in writing, it could come back. I don't know, maybe to bite them in the ass. I guess we'll see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. In August of 1496, she heads off to... Flanders. <laughs> so we have to understand that there's a, a good <laughs> there's a good fucking reason that she would think at this point that she would never see Spain again. I mean, unless they came over for a visit at some point, she figured that she would just live the rest of her life there with her husband's lands. Um, I mean, you have to remember they didn't have cars. They didn't have um, what? what? airplanes they didn't have dragons like there was no like i think i think i put it in google maps because i never know how to i'm like how do you figure out medieval travel on google maps and it was like you know for on a bike it would be like 30 hours uh that's like a horse that's like a horse right that's how i look at it even though i think they would have taken a boat but still, so it just, it just wasn't easy. It was super dangerous uh, and it was super expensive. 
<clears throat> yeah. to travel. Because, like, it's it's not like the the Duke and Duchess traveled, like, stopping at the Econa Lodge, you know? Like, it was fucking expensive. <laughs> they, they, brought, they brought, like, huge posses everywhere they went and shit. Yeah, so... there's, like, super detailed records that are surviving today that, like, details every little thing that they brought on their journey. Like, it, it was, took... it was, uh, it was not cheap to no. travel. No, they took 200 cattle... 1,000 chickens, 4,000 bottles or barrels, barrels of wine. Barrels of wine in their ship to go from Spain to Flanders. It's a party. 4,000 barrels of wine. I'm just imagining them loading up the boat and being like, we've only got 2,000 barrels of wine. And like (laughs) Isabella just being like, double it. it, it." (laughs) And it's like a party bus uh, uh, boat. Okay, party, party boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, so she's heading there, and yeah, she's not expecting to definitely ever see any of her siblings again, see her parents again, see where she was born again. She's just like, I'm, I live in Flanders now, which was still like huge land holding, like we said. Yeah. It was like, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, parts of France, parts of Germany. Like it was, she wasn't going to be at a loss for places to go. Absolutely not. And on this boat, she's on a boat, bitch. And she has a fucking crew, (laughs) which all of her ladies attended. Um, And um, interesting slash problematic side note. um, She had some slaves from the Muslim lands. You know, her parents just happened to overthrow. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought that, I mean, it's not, it's not very cash money of her to do, but I think that that's just interesting because we don't necessarily think of people at this time of having slaves, but she did, you know? Yep. yep. They were all problematic as fuck. (laughs) There's so many problematic things in this story. And the journey was rough y'all. Like it was not an easy journey for her. The ship got blown away off track and it like took a lot longer than they initially thought it would for them to arrive. Um, but they finally ended up arriving, and she's super excited to see this haughty husband that she's, like, heard so much about. His name is Philip the Handsome. But he's not there. Oh, fuck. He's not there. He was in Germany. He... <laughs> Bitch. He Ger- <laughs> he's being all diplomatic and shit. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean... So, yeah, he had gone to Germany. I don't know why. I didn't really look into it. He, like, had a legitimate reason to, like, go do some diplomacy or whatever. But, um, I mean, it sounds bad and it sounds callous to us, especially if you already have any preconceived notions about this story where Mm. he he does not um, come out smelling like a rose. But that, on his behalf, I will say, though, that kind of travel was so um, unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It might take a month. It might take a week. You know, you don't, you couldn't text and be like, hey, be there in three days. You know, like that. So he went off to do this uh, diplomacy. And we. I feel like we shouldn't really judge him for that because he had no idea when she was going to be showing up. So, mm-hmm. but his sister Margaret 
was there and we will definitely cover her one day and she's actually come up before in a couple of episodes like the Amblin episode she came up in um she's a super cool chick mm-hmm. and she was like so nice to Juana and she hadn't left for Spain yet and so she's like I'm gonna show you around until my brother gets back I'm gonna take you to meet all the important people I'm gonna make sure you're set up in your new rooms and everything and really goes above and beyond to make her new sister-in-law feel welcome in this new land well she's probably feeling the same way where she's like i'm about to get shipped off somewhere else and i'm about to like feel like crap so i would want to feel welcome so it makes sense that margaret would do that yeah that's that's very sweet of her it was very sweet they weren't in their lot each other's lives for a very long time but while they were they definitely i mean they had a kinship of like hey we were both in a very unique situation (laughs) we're about to get like sent off and they made friends and that's actually like uh something about margaret like and the little i've studied her but it seems like she just kind of made friends with everybody so i do look forward Mm -hmm. to covering her one day but anyway yeah, she's like, cool, I'm just going to show you around until my brother gets back. And so, it was a very good situation. So it was another two weeks before Philip got back. And Margaret took her to meet a lot of the important people at the Court of Flanders. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, a lot of people would have preferred an alliance with France. So not everyone was like super jazzed that Juana was there, you know? No. But I mean, it, I'm sure everyone was nice to her at face value because, of course, they're going to be. Yeah, but like, what, don't start no shit, don't be no shit. Yeah, yeah but um, it was it was an open secret that a lot of people were like, "Whoa, the Infanta of Spain, how super cool!" You know, like the, it just wasn't a popular yeah. decision, and it wasn't documented if anybody actually did speak out about her. Um, exactly yeah so finally fucking philip arrives back home and oh my god this meeting is like super fairy tale super on point like i just imagine like this would make the best ya story like it is just like they see each other and they're just like they both hear music they see stars like they they are just meet each other and hug each other and fuck i don't know if i believe in in love at first sight but this was definitely a fuck at first i got it they gotta fuck each other as soon as this was (laughs) lust at first sight it was absolutely on yeah um either way you slice it it can't be denied there was like an insane chemistry attraction right from the first meeting so speaking of fucking at first sight um (laughs) their actual wedding was planned for like a month or so out um and philip's like nope gotta put my dipstick in her right now bitch and he was ready to consummate that marriage he was not waiting a single moment honey um and so philip we actually talked about this in um the joan of navarre episode remember we were oh yeah we did they were married by proxy but they hadn't like had their actual wedding yet could they fuck um philip uh philip the handsome his answer to that is yep yep we can so he literally (laughs) yes we can um so (laughs) 
Can we fuck her? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. So Philip uh, found a cleric and was like, hey, yo, um, I'm going to slip you a few Benjis. Uh, Benjamin Franklin mm-hmm. didn't exist at the time. I'm sorry. To break the news no, this, is, this predates um, Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> right. A couple so, centuries, but it's okay. Whatever, whatever the equivalent of <laughs> a couple of Benjamins was. <laughs> so Philip found a cleric and slipped him some cash. And mm-hmm. he was like, Bless this union bitch so that I can bone her. And that pretty much happened. So. (laughs) All right. So let's take a minute to get to know the groom, Philip. So he was born July 27th, 1478. So that technically makes him like, he's technically a cancer slash Leo. Because he's on the cusp. So if you're not familiar with astrology, a cusp is like right at the date that it's supposed to change over. We're going to go with that. He's he's a Leo. He's a fucking Leo. I'm going to say he's a Leo because everything I've read about him, I'm like, yeah, that tracks Leo. Yeah, Yeah. that tracks Leo. And I love Leos. He's extra. Um, And so she's a Scorpio. And so those are two very, very, very passionate signs Absolutely. my parents my um mom and my dad are actually scorpio and leo and they were married for exactly four years and <laughs> nearly killed each other <laughs> so as you can tell it, it may be super passionate and super loving yeah that's what like my mom's always told me <laughs> she was just like there was no middle ground we were always either like absolutely in love or like absolutely hated each other wow. so um it would be it would, it's a passionate union yeah so um philip's dad is maximilian the holy roman emperor like we mentioned maximilian is from the habsburg family so you know the one with the jaws and the tongues and the leaps Donna. the leaps the lips Donna, Are you Donna, doing the Jaws music? Hasbrook Jaw, Hasbrook Jaw, Hasbrook Jaw. There needs to be a meme. <laughs> so anyway, um, Philip's mother was Mary of Burgundy. This is where she was the Duchess of Burgundy in her own right and passed it on to Philip whenever she died. And she died when Philip was only four years old. So there might be some like mommy issues going on there maybe yes i agree (laughs) she so um he's quite removed but he is a descendant of the french king john ii of france who on the patreon episode when we talked about charles the bad that way they he was a big player in that episode we did talk about him so basically he just truth um, it's so true. <laughs> basically, they're all related, and they're really rich, and they're really well connected, and that's yes. that's our story, folks. Thank you and good night. No, not Thanks. really. Goodbye. <laughs> so, so Philip became a duke at the age of four. Mm-hmm. So from a very young age, and I think this has so much to do with his personality. Like he, from a very young age, everyone um, kisses his ass. You know. God, I would love um, that. <laughs> well, not if it's going to make you completely impossible to be around. Yeah, but... no, no. I've got boundaries, but I mean, it's it does. Good. It does sound like he was um, 
charming. He, his friends, like if you're on his good side, you're going to have a good time. If you're on his bad side, hmm, hold on to your butts. Your bad, your life is about to be shit. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like, but I also read um, that he was very passive aggressive. So if you pissed him off, he might, you know, he's never going to confront you like, mm. hey, what you did bothered me. He's just going to like, you know, take close down your farm that all your income comes from or whatever. You know, like he's just going to, he's not going to talk to you about his problems. He's just going to go behind your back and do something obvious that in retaliation. So basically we've got a big ego, big personality, charming, mm-hmm. super rich, and a little bit shady. So mm-hmm. that's Philip the Handsome slash Philip yeah. the Share The Share? The, f- the Share. Oh! oh. <laughs> Philip the Share. The Fair. Um, yeah, that oh. happened. <laughs> I have so many ideas for memes now about Philip the Share. Philip the Share. <laughs> so anyway, big ego, big personality, charming, rich, but also a bit of a spoiled brat. And now we are caught up on Philip. Yeah, he's going to turn back town. <laughs> so they were married on October the 20th, like within a couple of days of their of their like fucking meeting. Like so this is like yeah. They're literally like, hey, we just met. Let's get married. And so, I mean. Well, they're already legally married. They've probably already fucked at this point. So they were married in a town called Lear, which is really close to Brussels sprouts. I mean, Brussels. Um, Oh, I'm so hungry. (laughs) So it's possible, though, they had already actually consummated the marriage. Otherwise, why would they have a fucking cleric being like, Oh, yeah. bless this fucking union on the first night that we meet. Like, right. they'd already boned. They'd already yeah. played hide the cucumber. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> there's cucumbers in this drink. <laughs> Irony. You know, I chose this for a reason. <laughs> so, the first couple of months of this marriage, Juana was like so happy. It was exactly mm-hmm. what she hoped a marriage would be. She and her husband could not keep their hands off each other. And he was handsome and charming. And she's like loved and respected. And everything is going fantastic. And that's actually something. It's kind of like a byline through all of Isabella's children. They all passionately love their spouses. In a time... Juana, who we're talking about now, obviously. Catherine of Aragon is another one. Isabella herself fell in love Mm -hmm. madly with Ferdinand. And, yeah, and then daughter Isabella fell in love madly with her first husband that died. And then also, interesting side note, um, you know how with Catherine of Aragon, it ended up being like such a scandal that she married um, Prince Arthur and mm-hmm. then he died. And then she married Prince Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what their first daughter, Isabella, did. She married the Prince of Portugal and then he died. And then a few years later, she married the next Prince of Portugal. And it was no drama for them. They had babies just fine. And they also didn't have a psychotic ginger barking down their throat, telling them that they're fucking witches. Um, Anyway, anyway, (laughs) that was like a hardcore side note. But anyway, (laughs) 
it's just, I just think it's interesting and noteworthy that there was something about this family and maybe it's because they were raised seeing their parents be passionate about each other. Girl, there's, yeah, they're Spanish romantic. Yeah, everyone in this family just like kind of romanticized marriage in a way that most royal families in um this time didn't necessarily but anyway let's move on let's move on to wedded bliss because right before you know it um alana is pregnant with their first child which yay um but Um, except for also not so much because as soon as she's pregnant um philip is like cool i can go back to my mistresses sweet Ugh. Yeah. And it's possible that he had never like actually been faithful to her. But at this point, he just definitely stopped pretending that he was being faithful. Yeah. Um, and Juana, who just had his fucking child, did not take kindly to this, which fucking put a modern day lens on this. And I'm like, of course. bitch, get in the Maury Povich show and be like, that's your baby. That's your baby. And Philip would be it's like, no, so no. <laughs> because it was like as he was just showering her with attention and then once she was pregnant that stopped and as someone that really likes attention from my spouse um i could not imagine just one day him being like all right no more affection we're done with that bye you're and pregnant like, but... yeah and, and especially pregnant in a woman you're like i feel as big of a as a house and right now you don't love me so and exactly. i i can i can totally relate to this and she throws this huge fucking temper tantrum like she wouldn't eat she wouldn't speak to anyone and you know what she's fucking big and fucking pregnant and like your husband, husband is hooking up with people. You. He's cheating on you. Like, and you would be like, I'm having your fucking, I am incubating nine months of your spoiled bitch ass. I'm done. Wow. Like, I would, I would, I would go on hunger strike too. Hashtag Wana for life. Yes. <laughs> she makes this big scene, you know, as you do. And he's just basically like telling everybody. Uh, she's so crazy and on the on the behalf of every woman who's ever been rightfully pissed off by a fuck boy who yeah. then just goes around and tells everyone you're crazy which i bet is a fair amount of our listeners because that's a normal trope i just want to say Amen. I, Hallelujah. Got, <laughs> I got so mad reading this because it's like she's rightfully pissed off she shows that she's pissed off instead of just like eating her feelings or whatever and then the dude's just like she's crazy all i did was like fuck one of her maids right in front of her what (laughs) (laughs) i am carrying your child like (laughs) oh my god i would have i would have cut his dick off lorena bobbitt 101 I, so the rumors of her temper tantrums like start spreading around court and it's just like everyone's just like oh i guess she's crazy da 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 da, da. and it's just like oh i it got sticks. so visceral i it got sticks. so angry reading this because just like it's such i feel like things are now starting to get better now that um <laughs> 500 years late no four, 300 years four wait how many years? Many years later. 600 Six years, years later. <laughs> I, think, 
I haven't been single in a decade, but even 10 years ago, I feel like there was so much more of an accepted, yep, bitches be crazy. And then there is now, like now I feel like things are maybe slightly starting to get better of like, mm, but what did you do to make her crazy? Exactly. So I can only imagine back in the 14 fucking hundreds, 600 years later, um, that it was so much worse. Like there was no female advocates for this. So anyway, let me jump off this very high soapbox. Yeah. And you know what? I'm honestly very proud of you, Katie, because you did math and you figured out that it was 600 years. And this is the, (laughs) this is the first time in our lives where you did you did if math. we want to get right down to it, you I mean, did I math guess it's faster like than me. 500, 560 years or something like that. But anyway, but. let's move on. <laughs> Either way, she's like. I digress. She is. <laughs> this bitch is head over heels in love with her new man. She's like. Despite mm. everything, she still loves him, you know? Yeah, I'm Juana DeLuca and I'm crazy in love. Oh my God. Can we feel that so crazy right now? <laughs> I, knew so crazy right now? I knew that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> and- uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> oh my God. So in, no- in November of 1468, Juana gives birth to their first baby child, and baby child's name is Eleanor. Because it's a daughter. Yeah, uh, obviously. (laughs) I'm actually surprised. Like, um, that was like two years after (coughs) their wedding that they had their first kid. So I'm actually, I was actually like, oh, they started fucking like from the day they met. I'm surprised it took them two years. But um, obviously they were hoping for a boy because a bag of dicks, a bag of dicks. History is a bag of dicks. Yay. Um, But so like. Daughters were a disappointment, but usually the fathers, when it was just like the first kid and it just happened to be the daughter, they, the fathers usually were good sports about it, even though they wanted, um, Philip was not, he didn't even pretend like he, he literally tells her, you can pay for the upbringing of the daughters. I'll pay when it's a boy. I'm sorry, what the fuck? Because yeah. uh, she, she, there's like this TikTok video that's very popular right now when some, where they're like, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have any money, like no fucking money. And that's exactly what Juana said because she didn't have any money. She had no fucking money. He <laughs> Katie, had you not, are, you are the t- had not, TikTok queen. He had not given her any income whatsoever isabella and ferdinand had just assumed they he was gonna give well, her some was, kind of income. I, I guess it's like a tit for tat like that's literally what ferdinand and isabella had set up with them was a tit for tat we trade daughters everything's gonna be paid for and- well like we talked about we've talked about in plenty of other episodes where it's like the king gives the queen um some lands that she now gets the incomes from or something he had not given her anything like that and so since she didn't have any kind of dowry she would have really liked to done that but she didn't have any fucking money yeah and so now she's like he had not given her any income so like her she had come there with like maybe 20 ladies in waiting all except for like three had to leave her not because not because they wanted to but because she couldn't pay them all of her like 
so and the people that did stay with her um philip was sneaking in and like giving them money to spy on her so it seems funny for us to think about a duchess being quote-unquote poor because she had a roof over her head she had a bed to sleep in she had food but in terms but of being like a royal, she's being spied she on. She has no money. She has nothing. She's trying she to make couldn't. ends meet. Like, so it's that- interesting. It's one interesting the point out is that Philip did give her jewels all the time because when they went to things together, when they went to events together, when they went to balls together, when they went and like hosted yeah. people, pa- important people passing through, she had to look like she was well taken care of. So she always had the fanciest dresses. She always had beautiful jewels. Well, she always bitch, looked where's, where's the ye old pawn shop? That's where she needs right. to be. <laughs> well, no, he would take them back. Like he would keep them at his house. He would keep all her jewels and shit yes, at his bitch. house. I would shove them in my twat and then go sell them for fifty cents on the corner. I, I no, mean, I'm girl. also I'm also a trash queen, so that's what there I'm are doing. so many <laughs> things that you just said that I'm just gonna skim over it. But <laughs> <laughs> it was just I just feel for her so it's just so sad because like. To everyone in the world, she looks like this very, like, kept queen, but, like, also people are shit-talking her for, like, things she can't control, and also he's just like, oh, you had a daughter, not gonna pay for it, and she's just like, well, how am I gonna, because you have to pay the midwives, you have to pay the nurses that are caring for the child, you know, like, you have, like, Mm -hmm. it just sucked. It just really, really sucked, and so many of her staff were just dropping off like crazy. So Isabella back home in Spain gets word that um, like, just like, Hey, we've heard through the grapevine. Juana maybe isn't being treated super well. Yeah. And she, and so she's like, I'm going to send this dude named Friar Thomas over there to like check things out. And he's going to write back to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, which really boils down to that Isabella wants to spy on Philip because she doesn't like some of the shit that he's doing. She doesn't like so, what I mean, she's that's, hearing. That's what, that's what it's boiling down to. She's like, eh, yeah. I don't trust this dude. Um, so, Friar Thomas reported the uh, following. Philip didn't allow Juana any freedoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, not financially, like we already discussed, but he like didn't let her pick her own ladies in waiting and he dictated who she would <laughs> uh who she could uh entertain and read letters which is just super fucking controlling yeah. um and the friar wrote that Juana was like so strapped for cash that she literally could not pay alms at church like which might be a problem for the catholic monarch you know no. <laughs> so, the, you know, that Philip was proposedly trying to get Juana's staff to leave so he could replace him with people that were loyal to him. Like, uh, so it, he was just gaslighting her mm-hmm. and he was just controlling her. And our girl Juana um, did try to like protest her treatment because like 
If you haven't gathered it yet, this chick was not the type to like suffer in silence like her sister Catherine of Aragon did many yeah. times. Mm-hmm. She was going to tell you if she was unhappy with her treatment. But she's an island over there. Like she's yeah. by she doesn't have any friends. And the friar wrote that one time she did protest um, her treatment and she quote unquote suffered great injury for it. And that has been left to debate. Like um, historians are like, does that mean like financial injury or does that mean? Well, bitch, she didn't have, okay. I I think honestly, bitch didn't have no money. I mean, it's like the opposite of Rihanna. Like bitch better have my money. It's like bitch ain't got no money. Bitch didn't have any money. Um, Um, And I think that honestly it was, it was probably just like taking away her food or like hitting her or yeah, like that's what a lot, her. A lot of people, a lot of people do read that as um, he was physically abusive to her, which we don't know, but oh, God damn it. Like, oh, it's, I'm just, my heart breaks. But guess what? Guess what? In public, they appeared completely happy and everything well they wonderful. had to they had mm-hmm. to she had the best dresses she had the best um jewels she looked beautiful in public what could she possibly have to complain I mean, about even even though he may have cheated on her and spied on her and told everybody that she was crazy i mean it she just- was still in love with him she was like so in love with him and it just um I don't know. Anybody who's ever loved someone that doesn't love you back can probably like um, jive with how heartbreaking that is, you know? Yeah. So Juana ends up giving birth to a baby boy in March 1500, which is like. Thank God. Just shy of her 21st birthday. <laughs> oh my God. She's under all this. And she's not even. She cannot even order a margarita yet. <laughs> So Philip is ecstatic and like throws this huge party because bag of dicks. And there were fireworks and drinking and the bells, the bells, the bells were ringing. And <laughs> Philip gave Juana a huge honk and emerald as a reward. Like he was trying a to push show present. Just, just how big his dick was. Like a push present. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They call it, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like push it out. I get an emerald. Yeah. <laughs> The birth of the boy seemed to, like, calm their stormy relationship, but, like, for a minute, you know? (laughs) This is going to be, like, a really glossing over quick rundown of, like, the sad shit that's going on in Spain. Um, Sadly, in 1497, Juan's older brother, Juan, died. Um, his wife, Philip's sister, had been pregnant. So everyone's like, it's fine. She's going to have the heir. We'll all be good. Mm-hmm. But then that baby died. Oh. So next in line is Juana's older sister and any sons she may have. Um, though, at this time, Philip started calling himself the heir of Castile. Ooh. And um, Mama Isabella basically had to send him like a cease and desist letter. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, you are not the heir of Castile. Uh, my daughter Isabella is. Um, and so Izzy and Ferdinand 
start having this tension with Juana's husband around this time as well, which like she needs another thing to be stressed out about. Especially about her mother. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So sister, so sister Isabella is also the queen of Portugal at this time, but she ends up going back to Spain where she, you know, births a baby named Miguel. He's obviously a son. Um, mm-hmm. because they were not gender fluid at the time. Um, nope. but is Sister Isabella ends up dying from childbirth, as one does in the 15th century. So super fucking sad. But, but Spain has an heir. I guess. Yeah, silver lining. Cascasse. Silver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But then in July of 1500, baby Miguel also dies in his grandmother's arms. Poor fucking, we've already, I mean, we've already kind of like skimmed over this in previous episodes, but still, that's still fucking heartbreaking. And it's a lot of loss in so little time. Um, But like we never expected this to happen, but now Juana is the heir of Castile and Aragon. Yeah, something she literally thought would never happen in hundreds of years. Juana doesn't get word of Miguel's death until like three months after it happened because 15th century. And, um, but she is big and pregnant with her third child and she can't travel because um, Sister Isabella Actually, a lot of people um, think the reason she died in childbirth was because she did it while she was big and pregnant. Oh, oh well, or she tra- like she traveled to from Portugal to Spain while she was big and pregnant, oh. and they think that like that put so much stress on her body. I have no idea if that's accurate, but still. So um, one is like, well, I'm not gonna go anywhere until like after this child is born. Good call, maybe. Right? But um, she, people are starting to note that she's experiencing a lot of highs and lows, a, a, an emotional roller coaster during her pregnancy. Because and, your hormones are crazy. I'm sorry. Right? But like, they don't understand that then like we do now. You know what I mean? They don't understand postpartum depression. They don't understand um, hormone imbalance and stuff like that but um so you just have to think about like yeah of course she is experiencing a lot of high highs and lows emotionally half of her family has just died Touché. you know you know um anyway aragon didn't want to recognize her as a um so her two parents are ferdinand as the king of aragon Isabella, her mother, is the Queen of Castile. Castile is like, yeah, we'll recognize a woman as the next leader. Aragon was like, nah, hard pass. Yeah. (laughs) So their whole thing was like, well, Ferdinand could still possibly have a male heir. So we'll recognize once he eventually has a male heir, unless there's no other options, we'll recognize them. But but for Castile, 100%. But She has to go to Castile to be formally instated as the next in line. Oh. 
there was this uh council that like has to it's basically like parliament or whatever and they have to approve her as the next in line it's very much like a formality thing okay. she's got to be there so it sounds and, like they were going to approve it because it was super formal and so they approved it right well, so she has to go there, but again, so she's pregnant. They wait until the child is born. It's a daughter that they named Isabella. I couldn't find if Philip was a dick about this child being a girl as well, or if he like kind of got over okay, it. Okay, I know you couldn't find it, but let's just assume he was a dick because <laughs> their history is a bag of dicks. Yeah, but um, okay, fast forward. Juana has recovered from the birth and she's ready to go home. And it's just, let's talk about her journey. It's just a few years ago, it was so reasonable that she would never see her homeland again. And now she is going back there to be declared the heir. Yeah. And and mama to the country. <laughs> right, and so I like, would be so I, like I would be honestly like hashtag like nervous hashtag sad hashtag glad hashtag terrified. Right, it is all just all of the cocktail of emotions. <laughs> yeah, so and it's they just so say. crazy to think about. Like she may have now what we know like she may have been suffering like serious postpartum depression as well like the reason that she is getting this crown is because her brother her sister her nephew have died everybody's dead (laughs) and i don't it's just it's a lot to think about so this is where we're gonna leave it off this is our little cliffhanger cliffhanger. Um, you didn't know the name of the episode of uh juana de loca um things (laughs) might go south for a little bit so hang on it's a gonna be a bumpy ride (laughs) well this was fun nathan we'll talk to you guys next time kiss kiss So thanks for listening. If there's something you want to hear, just like hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We're at queens underscore podcast. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And follow us on iTunes at queens podcast. All one word. All smushed up. Queens podcast. Um, Follow us on Facebook. Our intro music is by K Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers. Bye, girl. Clink, clink. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.